Oh, hello, and welcome to the final episode of Happy Alone with Andrea Marston. The final episode? What? This podcast is going nowhere. It's just turning into something else with a bit of a new rebrand. Stay tuned to after my interview to learn more about that. Today, I'm so excited to be joined by Coco Galore. When I think about my comedy home in Toronto, Bad Dog Theatre, I think about Coco. She is one of the first people I met at Bad Dog with her amazing comedy partner, Bestie, and another friend of the podcast, Daphne Joseph. I was a Bad Dog season two feature player with Coco, and then she went on to produce and direct amazing shows and ultimately became the artistic director of Bad Dog Theater. She transitioned into this role during a goddamn global pandemic and Coco created an accessible space for comedy online with classes and shows when theaters around the world were shutting down. She adapted like a true improviser. She's the most hardworking, smartest, and real person I've ever known. She carries her power with a no-nonsense grace that I admire so much. We've had many amazing times on stage together, but what I appreciate most about Coco is how she got real with me and how she really talked me through and gave me amazing advice about how to have a voice as a mixed race artist and human being. I'm so excited to hear this final episode of Happy Alone with my friend Coco Galore. Stay tuned after to hear about my new podcast. Oh, we're here. Hi, welcome. <laughs> welcome to Happy Alone. Uh, I'm Andrea Marston, and I'm here with a very special guest, one of my first friends in Toronto. It's Coca Galore, everybody. Hey, Woohoo! Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> I love the hype of the intro already. Um, Coco, I'm going to make you introduce yourself, and then I will leave. I will like add in hype afterwards because I love doing it. So go ahead and okay, give us your sorry. intro, Coco. Okay, what's up, everybody? My name is Coco Galore. I am the artistic and managing director of the Bad Dog Theater. I am also the festival director of Black and Funny Toronto. I am also one half of the amazing dynamic improv duo Coco and Daphne. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm also just a comedian and an actor and a director uh, in Toronto. Um, that that's me yeah good intro pretty good pretty good but uh coco was also she was part of the this is not you probably don't leave this on your resume but she was part of the <laughs> season two feature players yes, and the raccoons with me um and she's an amazing like director of shows uh love is a really good show she's produced she, uh, and directed and um ooh, party show i remember party show yeah party yes, show yes. playlist yep. Playlist, uh, yeah. Are you being served? And- oh, are you being? Oh, in the office. My personal and the office. fave. Oh my, my God, personal yeah. fave. And then right now I'm directing a family for Black and, and Black family, Black. which was very good. I wish this was going out so it was in time to promote. But like, I want you all to feel that you should watch it tonight in your brains. Feel like you should watch it tonight because <laughs> it was very good. <laughs> I loved it yesterday. It was really good. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's very fun. It's very fun. Um, so Coco, this uh, podcast is all about being happy alone. I had to have you on this podcast because like, mm. honestly, you're one of my, you're going to be so great. Sometimes you full on terrify me because you are such a high status, like um, boss ass bitch. I can't even say it <laughs> any other way. You're just a very, and, but also like, you're very inspiring. Like you carry yourself in a way like you're like, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. I really and, don't though. <laughs> you don't give a fuck about what but also you like know how to treat yourself really well which i like really admire about you and something i'm like personally working on on my with myself right now is like how do i like show myself the kind of love that coca galore shows herself (laughs) that's what i want to know like so during isolation like this is what we're talking about have you because you've had some stressful times in this past year oh yes Yes. yes very stressful mm-hmm. have like we can get into the stress like bad dog um 
bad dog that's it dot period that's just period. it that's just it it's just bad dog i mean there's also the social political climate um yeah you know, with black lives matter as a black person that was really difficult and then to watch all the you know anti-asian kind of sentiment and i'm i'm asian by culture i don't present asian so it's scary in the sense that like you know my mom is asian my family's asian so that's very kind of um especially when covid first started and a lot of Asian folks were um, experiencing harassment and discrimination. I was, you know, scared for them. Yeah. And like, so you have like that trauma in your face every day. Like, and like, that's exist in your life anyways. Now people are just kind of like putting a highlight on it kind of thing, right? It's just that now white people know. (laughs) White people are involved now all of a sudden, and that's nice of them. Um, But how did you, like with that, and then you're busy like taking Bad Dog online, which was an incredible endeavor. How did you make time to give yourself that Coco Galore treatment? How did you give yourself like self-love when you're in this time of like, it's honestly a stressful time. How are you? I've been curious about this. Like the minute I thought of this podcast, I thought about this question for you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So um, I'm not doing as good as I would be if everything was open. Yeah. Um, because if things were open, there are a few more things that I would do in stressful moments, yeah. um, <laughs> which I won't talk about. Um, <laughs> but um, what have I been doing? So uh, while the, st- the things were open, I was getting my nails done. Yeah. So that was like a treat for myself. Um, I like to... Uh, well, I like to dress well. So because I'm on camera a lot and... Um, I bought myself uh, the Beyonce Ivy Park tracksuits. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I more, did. I'm, did you I'm say suits? Right. You said you bought multiple. I bought multiple. I <laughs> this multiple. is one right now. I this wish everybody right could now. see. It's beautiful. Um, so I, yeah. So she dropped she dropped collections three times, and I bought something each and every single time. Now, nice. to be fair, I haven't shopped for clothes other than that. Like that's all I've done during this pandemic. And and the collection is meant to for you to stay home, but also look good if you're going out. Like it's just really nice. Uh, fashionable tracksuits, basically. And I heard it's size inclusive, which I am very it excited is. about personally. So it I is. should look. At, I should buy some because Beyonce is also a Virgo like me. So <laughs> we should, <Right>? yeah. <laughs> Stand in solidarity of being a Virgo. Yes. Um. And what else? Yeah. What, what else are you doing to like take care of yourself? My 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 big thing is baths. Okay. That's my big thing because I just love water. Um, so when I get to kind of float and just be in the water, um, that's where I really get to like decompress, um, because my physical body is emerged into water. So I get to decompress that way. I also have two more things. One is, uh, binge watching television shows. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. What's, what's been a good one you've uh, watched this pandemic? So I just finished... Real Housewives of Atlanta. I, oh. I think people who follow me on Twitter know that. that I did know happens. that. I did know that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, yay, I finally understand all those gifts. I can use them <laughs> appropriately. Um, uh, yeah. So I, I watched that over, I think, two or three weeks. It was like 13 seasons. <laughs> and I just, I was like, let's That's do this. Impressive. I'm whipping through it. Um, so over the weekend, I tend to shut down completely. And yeah. only like I'll be on the couch and I'll watch that and I'll, I'll you know, go out. Um, and the other thing that I like to do, I mean, I think there's more things, but I think the other thing that I like to do, <laughs> I don't think anybody knows about this. I like to read coffee table books. Really? What kind of coffee table books? Like books on um, like uh, interior design and fashion and um, like architecture and stuff yeah and it, yeah. and it varies like sometimes it's based on a very specific topic so the last thing I was kind of obsessed with was like um like Japanese minimalism so oh, okay. I was like looking into that sometimes it's an actual coffee table book sometimes I 
like research the topic and just flip through pictures and read articles on that. So that kind of like relaxes me. I don't That's, know why. I just love it. I lo- I used to work when I was in college. I worked at Chapters, and I really loved a beautiful coffee table book. Like right? I, yeah, like they're so and they're so well made. It feel like yeah. I had one about um, Audrey Hepburn because of course I did. I was such a basic girl. <laughs> Um, I think I think I also have one on Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, Yeah. the reason I liked it is it was so well made. It had like notes and stuff in it, like attachment. It was like an actual scrapbook. That's why I liked it so much. Right, Uh, Coco, we have so much in common. Yeah, yeah. There's something about. I mean, we knew we knew we had a lot in common. Um, Yeah, yeah. I think there's something about like flipping through uh, beautiful aesthetic page. Like you know what I mean. Like the content is aesthetic. aesthetically pleasing the book is well made there's something about that that just like really calms me down and it also inspires me and makes me feel like optimistic about what life can be yeah I love yeah I love it oh I love this I miss going into bookstores and like sniffing books which sounds weird but here's a weird thing I miss (laughs) Um, when I was I agree with you when I was in university and I couldn't afford (laughs) books I used to um go to chapters for like hours and just post up in like a corner and take a stack of books and just flip through them and then one of my friends and I used to do that with fashion books very specifically at the Manulife Indigo Oh yeah. Yeah. That was like, okay. I'm so glad that people in Toronto did that too. Or like, because when I was in Calgary, that's what my friends and I would do for fun on the weekends is like go to chapters and like, just like get a coffee and just like touch all the books. Because that's all you can afford. Was that coffee? Yeah. Yeah, You spent so much on that coffee. Yeah. Um, Coca, have you, have you ever had a roommate? As long as I've known you, you've lived alone, right? Yeah. You've always lived alone. um, I've, I I had a roommate for like a month uh, yeah. in 2012, but it was really not really that because I was barely home. So um, yeah. this is before I moved out and uh, I lived with someone for a little while. So, yeah. but mostly I lived by myself. You live by yourself. Do you like, would you, I can't So I'm at this point. I, I have a roommate now, but I'm looking to live by myself and I plan to live by myself forever and ever because I know Andrew, I, we have this conversation every, like six every months. time, every time it's me like, Oh my God, I need to live by myself. Cause I see how you live by yourself and you make it look really good. Like you're always like, even when you're doing the oval or something, you're like making a nice grilled cheese sandwich in your oh, yeah, kitchen. That was a good episode. <laughs> everybody go find that oval episode but the audience was really like are we gonna see that grilled cheese though we were so invested in the grilled cheese sandwich i i was in that audience and i was invested (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so how do you like how do you like have your has your space changed in the last like year have you made it more a homey because you're spending more time there because even when you were living by yourself before you were out and about quite a bit weren't you like yeah i think that um my yeah, I was I was out a lot, like, and I don't think how much, how often I was out until I had to stay home all the time. And then I was like, why do I feel so, like, sluggish and weird? And I think I didn't realize that travel time was, like, a downtime for me. Because um, when you're traveling from show to show or you're, you know, going from location to location to do whatever, you know, you have to do, um, you don't realize, like, that travel time and you're spending maybe three hours traveling through the whole day, right? It can be snippets, but like through the whole day, like that was downtime for me. Yeah. And I didn't know that. I didn't like think of it like that before. And now I know that. Yeah. Um. Have I changed my house? I, I haven't. The only thing I did is um, I borrowed my mom's desktop <laughs> when I first started pandemic because I knew I was going to be because I was working at Bad Dog and I just started and um, I was trying to figure everything out. So I needed to be on the computer a lot. So I went to my mom's house and I was like, can I borrow your desktop so that I could just have a bigger screen? But I'm actually going to give it back to her because I'm like, okay, I think I can go back to like just having my laptop and I'm, I'm good. Um, So that's, that's kind of good. Yeah, that's the only change I've made. Really? That's the only change I've made. But I am going to 
now that I've been inside for a year, I am going to make some changes in the next couple of months. Yeah. I started immediately changing everything because I'm like, yeah, because I was just spending no time in here. I was I was at an office all day and at a theater all night that I was not spending any time in here. And now I'm like, oh, God, like (laughs) I have to change it to like what I it was just like a place for me to sleep. Now it's like a place for me to do literally right. everything so, yeah so for yeah. me it I had always had like like it had always been my home because I would like that binge watching that I do I would do it every like two three weeks over the weekend yeah. so I knew what it felt like to be home for you know long periods of time and stuff yeah <clears throat> how do you like how do you create that space for yourself I'm asking now just seriously for myself yeah, because real question <laughs> yeah like how do you create that like space for yourself where you feel like oh, this is a place I can decompress and I can like, uh, I can rest. I can like actually yeah, rest. I think yeah. it, I think it depends on where you are in your life and what you're trying to achieve. Cause mm-hmm. I've, I've like my spaces and the spaces that I've lived in have transformed over the years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, right now I live in, um, like my condo is entirely white and I have paintings up and that was like a very intentional choice. Um, cause I was like, I just need it to be calm. Um, and it was, bec- and, and it's because right now I live a very busy life, like work wise, career wise. Yeah. Um, so my physical space needs to be one where I enter it. It's a sanctuary. Yeah. And so that's the way, um, yeah, that's the way that I kind of see it. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I like, I'm like a weird minimalist where I am a minimalist, but I also kind of like to organize chaos. So, yeah, um, yeah like my books are exposed, um, which, which I am actually going to enclose them soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I don't know. You know what's very important? A duvet cover. Um, yeah. <laughs> and candles. That's the other oh. thing. I have so many candles in here. It's like, it's like a cave in here. Um, (laughs) It's like a cave. I just honestly, it's like a, just like a little nest with candles and yeah, colors and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you, I, I I learned so much about Daphne when I was recording with her and I realized I've known you both for so long, both some of the people I've met and I don't really know much about you. Like, do you have siblings? Did you? No, I'm an only child. You're an only child? Oh, yeah. yeah, I see it. I see it, I see it, and I like it, and I respect <laughs> So you grew- so did you grow up, like, in a very – was your house, like, pretty busy, or was it, like, a calm house? I grew up in a very – you can probably tell me. No, I grew up in me. a very busy house. That's did the reason you? why I need my house to be calm now. To be calm. <laughs> that's, that's exactly – That's exactly the reason. Yeah. Um, I grew up in a very busy, busy house because – so I'm an only child, uh, meaning my parents – didn't like only had me um but I have a lot of cousins and we grew up together so in a way it's like I am an only child but I'm kind of not because I grew up with cousins that were very close in age and we hung out all the time and stuff like that um I grew up in a house filled with women (laughs) I can't you have that vibe about yeah (laughs) yeah right I'm like like just in just in case you didn't know, I grew up in a house filled with women, um, and that's like, and women who were very hardworking, women who were honestly workaholics, women <laughs> who were like who took no bullshit um, from anybody. Yeah. So that's the kind of women I grew up around. Um, yeah, and then when I left, uh, I think the first like I I started to like go completely quiet down. And I was like, Oh, I don't quite like it. So one of the reasons why I live downtown very specifically, and I realized this, uh, it is a response to growing up is I like to live quiet in the chaos. Oh my God. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, That's so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I exactly like to have people me. around, but let me be in my room by myself. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? yeah. 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 I grew up like that. I we it was like the four of us, but then we always had like relatives staying with us or like um new people to the country. My parents would always like have like a room for new people to the country. So we always had like a house full of people. So like the minute I could live by myself, I'm like, 
you betcha I'm living by myself because I'm like, but I still love living in the city because I do love the noise still. And yeah, because it just, when there isn't that, also I love the option of just like having things to do when you want to do them. Yeah, I don't want to be like, I don't want to hear crickets. No. You know what I mean? I don't, and I, and I have lived like that. I don't like it. Like, have you lived in like the suburbs or like some or like a quiet? T- I cannot picture you in a quiet little town. I'm trying to think. Uh, have I ever lived in a quiet? Oh, man, watch it be yes, and I just don't remember. <laughs> I have lived um, for a very short time in, um, yeah, a very quiet, quiet town where you you can hear crickets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but I was with I wasn't by myself. I was with someone, so then I didn't yeah. feel. um that bad but um yeah and then during the day we like went out and stuff so yeah yeah. okay do you um do you travel alone ever yeah i travel a lot travel like alone a lot though oh alone yes i've traveled alone yeah Um, so the thing about being alone i'm gonna i'm gonna (laughs) this is sorry fact. you don't know this so i'll tell you yeah i think it was around 24 maybe I was like 23 or so, I decided that I was going to push myself to be able to do things by myself. Yeah. So every year from then, I would push myself to do one thing, um, or every couple of years, I should say, I would push myself to do one thing alone that people Mm -hmm. usually do with people. So it started with simple things like going to the movies alone, eating at a restaurant alone, stuff like that, you know, going to a coffee shop, like just little things. And then I think three years ago, I traveled by myself to a resort. <laughs> what resort? Where did you go? I went to um, Jamaica to an adult resort. Well, you know what? That sounds sexual, but it's not. <laughs> it just meant no kids. <laughs> I like <laughs> Yeah, it was an adult resort and I went there to decompress. I was very, very exhausted. Um, and so I needed to just be away from everything and what I had done is I had gone through like a bunch of work and then I was in um, Quebec for a camp, Camp Zip Zap, which is run by Vinny Francois. And then from there, I came home and went straight to Jamaica. Oh, I knew you th- during that time. Yes, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how did, what was that like, your first vacation by yourself? So it's very funny because I was completely by myself for maybe about three days and then I yeah. met these three wonderful uh, black women <laughs> who were like older, and they're like, "Let's hang out." And I was like, "Oh, I guess so." <laughs> <laughs> so you made friends, but, yeah. But what? But what is very cool about uh, people in that age group because they were in their sixties is if you don't want to hang out, they're like, "That's cool." <laughs> <laughs> like, like if I didn't come out of my room and I didn't meet them at the beach, they're like, "All right." <laughs> like there was no. Like no drama me. behind it. They were just like, no, not chill, whatsoever. Whatever. None of it was taken personally at all. And I was like, oh, it can be like this. <laughs> That's nice. I can't wait to get. It. I, I actually like. I like aging. We're around the same age, and mm-hmm. that's why I think I. I like you. You're like a very calming. I feel like n- the nervous energy of youth when I'm around them. I'm like, you guys are too like thirsty for everything, <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. just like chill out. Except for Jonas. <laughs> Jonas has oh my a God. really calm energy. I think he's Adonis an old soul. And yeah, old soul. Two of them are like, "What's going on, Coco?" And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> how are you calmer than me?" <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a yeah. That's like when I think of you, I think of like you have this like calmness about you and this grace. But I'm curious now because I don't want to get off track. You you said you went you made this decision to do these things by yourself. Why did you make that decision? I think that I realized um, pretty early on that I was too dependent on being around other people for me to feel happy. Yeah. And that was, um, it it just bothered me because it, it just relied too much on the external. Like, you know what I mean? And when you kind of live like that, it, it puts too much pressure on people and the expectation that they have to come through and it gives no room for people to make mistakes. Yeah. So for example, you know, if you needed to have a decompressing 
chat session with one of your friends and your friend can't show up, then it's like, I can't fulfill what I need for myself through you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that was creating a lot of conflict for me. Um, um, So I, I decided to try to explore how I could um, let that go. And so that's why I started um, trying to remove the pressure of always to have somebody there. Yeah. Has that like um, had a positive effect on your relationships, like in your life? Yeah. 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 Because, um, and, and it taught me to like, just communicate. Right. So if I need to decompress, if I need to vent about something, I will state, Hey, can we talk? I need to talk to you. Like, I am still like that. I still need my friends to talk about stuff. Like, you know what I mean? I am a oral processor. Right. So that is something like you have to know how you process um, situations. So I'm an oral processor. I need to talk it out. And, you know, for those who know me, Daphne, um, (laughs) I will talk about the same situation over and over until I figure it out. That's just the way I I am. Oh, Julie. Julie is the other one who knows the other person who knows that I'm like that. Yeah, I just need I, I like it's my way of pacing. Yeah. Right. Is I, I loop it uh, verbally until I figure out what's going on and then I can process, I can like let it go. And you have like, a tr- I have, I have a, I call them my panel. Cause I'm also a verbal, we have so much in common. You have no, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a verbal Again, processor. We knew, we knew this, but I'm a verbal processor too. But I, so now I'm, I'm doing, I'm going to therapy for like, the first time successfully in my life, I would say I'm going to therapy. So I have like, I've been in therapy for 15 years. Really? Okay. The verbal and see the verbalness of that without like it being attached because my other people are my family and I feel like they're so close to the situation and even my friends, right? It's very close to like the situations in my life. It's nice to have. So has, is that how you process you have, I was going to ask, do you have a trusted group of people that you like kind of always are verbally processing with, or do you do it yeah. with your therapist? Both. Uh, both. Yeah. That's both. Sometimes, sometimes my therapist will ask me what my best friend thinks. <laughs> she knows, she knows your panel. Yeah. She knows yeah. my panel. She yeah. knows my panel. Um, my best friend is like my, you know, we've been friends for like, we've been friends longer than, then we haven't. That's that's the path we've crossed. Like, you know what I mean? So we've been friends 27 years. Okay. Right? That's and a long time to keep a friend, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and so when I call her and I talk to her, and she's – it's so funny because she's a mother. So her life we, – we're both busy, but we have a different kind of busy, right? Yeah. Because she's a mother, so she doesn't get to turn that off. Um, so she'll be cooking and carrying a child and she's like, yeah. And then what happened? (laughs) Because this is our way. Like we've been like this, you know, we've been friends for 27 years. So she knows what I need. I know what she needs and you know, we just make it happen. Um, yeah. So we, I I have a, I have a panel, but she's my number one because she knows me the longest and, and it helps to have someone who's just she also she almost is like in a way like my therapist in the sense that she doesn't know anybody in the industry she's not in the industry she doesn't care yeah right that's nice yeah. that is a nice source yeah, to have so she also has like an impartial kind of view judge, to it judgment yeah that's not yeah and i really you gave me such a good piece of advice it's going to stick with me forever is that that like taking the pressure off of those, even it's because it takes the pressure off that panel of people too, right? Like yeah. when they can't show up for you, that you can like provide the things that <clears throat> you need for them from them for yourself. And so th- that's improved your relationship with them, with those people. The yeah. Panel and it's yeah. also about knowing, I think at some point you think something else, like you think that um, certain times people putting up a boundary, putting people saying no, um, means that they don't like you. And that's not true. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And so 
people are busy, right? Yeah. Daphne has arts and crafts to do. She <laughs> doesn't have time, to have time to pick up the phone and listen to me vent about X, Y, Z and, oh, somebody did this and guess who cut me off while I was driving? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I, I think that um, you have to accept that other people can be independent of you and it's not personal. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Do you ever like, I, okay. I talk to myself so much. Do you ever verbally process by yourself? I talk to myself. No, but I, I also, don't actually. Do, I write. Daphne I, does that. Daphne does I'm I, telling on her. I feel like she might've told you. She does I that. I don't do that. I do that. I do. It's better now that I have a cat because <laughs> I talk. He knows everything about oh everything See, I'm feeling. That's how you're like Daphne. Daphne talks to Guinness. Guinness. Yeah, exactly. But I also like, uh, I journal. I've always journal. I've journaled since I, journal. I was like, do you? Yeah. And I, I yeah. and is that your way of like filling that? Like, so I, for me, it definitely is, is filling that void when I need someone to talk to, but like I go to my journal kind of thing. So is that a way you my process yourself? My journal is a little bit different for me because when I process something with my friends, I'm so I'm a very pragmatic and logical person. So I tend to process things less from an emotional perspective and more from a like, what is the reason behind this kind yeah. of way? Why is this happening? What is the logic? Like, um, I, I I can't tell you why I'm like that. I just know that I'm like that. Uh, What's I, your zodiac I, sign? I don't know. Sagittarius. Sagittarius. Oh, so many people in my life. So yeah. Anyways. Uh. Yeah. Like I need things to make sense to me for me mm-hmm. to process it. So I can be as angry uh, and happy or whatever as I want, but I need to understand it. Yeah. So if I don't understand it, it won't. It, it's it won't compute i'm like i don't get it i don't get it and if i don't get it 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 stays on my mind and i'm like why did they do this it doesn't make sense so because of my tendency to do that i study people a lot and i've been doing it all my life because i try to figure out why people do the things that they do and it helps me because it helps me separate like again not taking it personally so Oh, you did this because you see it this way. Well, that's wrong, but that's not on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I think it, we had a conversation about that. I find it so interesting, like that you observe people that you're like, I'm a very, I'm working on this in therapy. I'm a very reactive person. <laughs> so I'm like, I will like either giggle or like something. I will react to something right away. I won't like give it the time to like sit and think about things. And you are, right. I wouldn't say you're a fast reactor at all. If anything, you're like, I can see you like stewing, not stewing, but you're like inside and you're like, you do this thing <laughs> where you nod and you're like thinking about something. And then, and then you like say something. So like, is that like something you, is that, you have you always been like that? Like, was there a time when you were like a little kid and no, you were No, I not, had to work on that. Did you have to work? Cause I, I was going to say, I was the most impulsive person. Did you get in fights ever? For a long time. I, I don't. Yes. Yeah. I want to know that. I'm actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like I, yeah. Like I, I was very impulsive when I was younger and um, I don't know what I cannot pinpoint when I decided to change or when I did change. But what I do know is that um, I found that it was not effective to be um, reactive and I, I like to see an outcome. So if I'm trying, if I'm upset about something and I'm trying to express it, I need an outcome to happen. Right. Yeah. So what I found through having outbursts and stuff like that is that people don't like it when you have an outburst and they're actually not going to give you what you want Yeah, <laughs> because they're so turned off and no one, they're so turned off and they're reacting to your anger that they're not going to be like, Oh, maybe you're just having a hard day. You don't give a fuck. Like, you know? Yeah. So, and I'm not, and I'm not talking about close friends because close friends, you get into a kind of like a ebbs and flows of your relationships and 
you know, much like when you have partners and stuff, like you go through ebbs and flows of your relationship and you figure out how you communicate with each other. And every change is a discovery of a new way of communication. I think that there was a certain point where um, we would end friendships because you're like, well, we just don't get along because you did this and I did this. And then that would sever ties. And then I started entering the zone where I was just like, listen, there is no ending of friendship, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to figure this out and we're going to come through the other side. That's it. So that's how I kind of roll now. And so because of that, you know, once more, you have to learn how to communicate properly. And so I find that like, I need to process, like my first point of process is like away from the situation yeah. I might call my panel, but it like, you know what I mean? But I need to be away from the situation so that I can think it through. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's often like, um, so then you're not, you're just not reacting and you don't, you don't then end up saying something that you don't mean or making a promise that you can't keep, you know, um, that's what happened with all those Black Lives Matter statements. I was like, yeah. y'all were too reactive. You oh my goodness. Keep, you can't keep all those promises. Like, do you know how many books you have to go through? Ah, you can't, you can't keep, keep those. Um, yeah. Yeah. So- Cause that is that, that's a reactive, that's such a reactive time I can think of of people just like not, not processing it on so many levels. Like you have to process it as a person yourself, but like about like the people around you. So I yeah. bet. I have this feeling that during this time, were a lot of people reaching out to you? <laughs> were a lot of people reaching out to you, Coco, during that time? Um, yes and no. Yes like, and no. I don't. I don't know if here's what it, here's what it is. I don't know if I, I don't know if more people would have reached out had I not been AD, or less yeah. people would have reached out had I not. I don't know. I don't, you don't know. know. I do know that. Um, I didn't get a whole lot of people that that came out of the woodworks and were like, "Hey, I just remembered you're black." Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I did not get those. You <laughs> like, not you get know that? what I mean? Because that's yeah. what it felt. It kind of felt like you would get some of those people that'd be like, "Hey, I'm thinking of you," and I'm like, "I haven't talked to you in three years. What are you talking about?" Um, and that felt like a, "Hey, I just remembered you're black." Like that <laughs> felt like what that's what they were saying. Um, yeah. yeah, I didn't get a whole lot, but one of the things that I've started being is more open and vocal about some of the things that I've been through. And so I had people react to those and be like, Hey, I was there when that happened or fuck that sucks that that happened to you. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I felt really honored to be a part of high tea that everybody should watch on bad dog oh, TV. I'm coming back too. In it. Woo-hoo. Yeah. But uh, Ajahn is did such a great job of being such a voice to like educating people that he did not need to be. And he did it in such a like graceful Ajahnus way. Yeah. So I classy. so classy. I learned so much. And I, like, I learned so much about like, he, he had like a whole segment on there. I hope it's still up on YouTube. Everybody it is. Should, it is. It I is. should find the link and I'll share it up because there's like this whole episode where he talks about like how to be a friend to, a black a black friend during this time right and like mm-hmm. how to like experience joy with them still and like how to do mm-hmm. all this stuff and i was like i felt really like honored to be a part of his show and learn that from him yeah and then whenever you share something on facebook or twitter about like what's going on i'm like thank you for like keeping us in the know you don't have to let us know <laughs> you right. don't have to let us know so like yeah, yeah people should pay attention so <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because yeah. I hear a lot of um, I hear through the through through the comedy grapevine that's what we call it yeah that there are some people who feel upset when I write things that they know pertain to them yeah and they're like oh she's dragging me and I'm like honey I am not dragging you dragging you is let because because there are sometimes I I will be like hey that's not right and I'll speak up like you know and and I think that people see that automatically as dragging them as opposing to be like, is what she's saying right? And, and, 
am I, how can I take accountability and responsibility to do better? So it's yeah. very interesting because people are like, oh, she's dragging me in public. But most of the time, I don't put anybody's name out of yeah. courtesy because I could. I can get messy. Yeah. I can tag you. I can yeah. screenshot the shit that I'm talking about and post yeah. it under and be like, this, this <laughs> is right here what I'm talking about. I could yeah. do that. And I don't. I try to move in really subtle ways so that um so that people can shift within themselves yeah without um without the embarrassment of doing it in public right yeah. and this is i i try to hold space for that as a community member right yeah but i don't think that that means that i am not allowed to and especially as a black woman like i don't know why you're trying to censor me from saying something that is true yeah. is um is I don't think that means that I shouldn't post the things that I do because I think the wider community needs to understand certain things. Yeah. Right. And that's the reason why I kind of move the way that I do, but it's always so interesting to me how people take things so personally because they think it's about them. And I'm like, yeah. and if it is what the action is to look in the mirror and go, how can I do better? To yeah. To make it about me, like Coco Galore, the person who's posting, you're missing the point. Yeah. And it's also like, yeah, you, you never name names. I've never seen you name names ever. I don't name, I don't name names. Yeah. And people always ask for names. And I'm like, yeah. I will like, I will not do that. Like, you know, I, yeah. I want people to do better. I want people to thrive. I I believe that our community can shift. Um Will racist people always exist in our community? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. In but comedy? Yeah. <laughs> what? But if the majority of us shift, yeah, then there's no choice. Yeah. And if you're feeling but, guilty about those things, maybe it's your time to shift. And like, yeah. yeah and maybe yeah. that's like not to look at that guilt as like a bad feeling. I don't know. Maybe it's a nudge. Maybe it's like a nudge. Yeah. And that's, it's, and that's, it's so interesting to me that like, people choose to attack the person who's being like, Hey, there's a fire. Yeah. Like, yeah. so if someone was like, Hey, there's a fire, are you going to knock that person down? Or are you going to go help the fire? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The internet. Oh, do you, what, cause you said sometimes when you go for your bath or when you're binge watching a show, I can't imagine this is, do you unplug? Do you ever like airplane mode your phone? No. <laughs> do you take your phone to the bathtub? I do. Oh, I know. I have friends like you too. I'll be full you on know, texting me from the bathtub. And yeah. Like, I, I often text very important bad dog emails from the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> now we know. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, the calmer I am, the more I'm floating. Uh, no. <laughs> um, the reason why I don't unplug is for a very, very specific kind of personal reason. And it has to do with, um, if you are someone, again, can't speak for everybody. This is just me and my experience. And I think certain people will understand if you are someone who has elderly people in your family, yeah. uh, who has vulnerable people in your family, you don't airplane on your phone yeah. unless I... you're in an actual airplane because, um, you're not trying to miss those kind of phone calls. Yeah. I'm exactly, I never, I never meet my phone. Well, cause my family right? is in Calgary and like my parents have been sick so many times while I've been here. And then my grandpa had just passed away too. So I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I don't, people are like, you need a time to unplug. Blah, blah. I'm like, I'll go for a walk. <laughs> my phone will be right? with me. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But the thing is that like, I'm not unplugged. Like I check my phone at the theater. I don't play and I get it. Like it, it's like, Oh, it's not, you know, once upon a time we didn't have that. And I get why we need to unplug. I understand all of those things. I, I, I honor those things, but on the same breath, I'm not missing that phone call. Yeah. No, no, that is more important to me or to be alerted of emergencies is more important to me than to be able to like, sorry, I was self-caring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those kind of emergencies is the very specific reason why I don't unplug. Now, I do have a mechanism that I kind of do. Is that the word I'm looking for? Um, yeah, I do have like a process that I do if I'm trying to unplug. So if I'm unplugging mentally, yeah, I won't answer emails. Okay. I won't. Um, 
I will read your email and not answer it. I will like, you know what I mean? I will yeah. read your messages and not answer it until, and, and I have read receipts on cause I don't care if you know that I just read it and I'm answering two days later, like, no, yeah. like you have to trust that something else was more important. You know, I'm never the one who looks at the phone and goes, Oh, that person. I think that's a feeling that people get. And it stems from probably being bullied in childhood. Yeah. That, that's what those mean people used to do. Right. Uh, I don't yeah. want to talk to so-and-so. Um, I'm not that person to me. It's just a matter of like, I sometimes I have to prioritize different things and that's why like answer, messages don't get answered at a certain time, whatever. Well, uh, that you was, unplug? I oh, no, you said you don't No, And I don't, well, cause I honestly, like right now I'm working like five jobs. So like I can't unplug cause I'm a bit of a workaholic too. The Coco Galore special, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Cause you're, you also have like, you're also a mixed Asian, you come from Asian background. Do you yeah. think it's from that? I do think that my work ethic is from my father yeah, and like the first too. gen, the first genness of our family. Like yeah. money is really important to my family. Like stability. I shouldn't say money. Stability, Stab- yeah, it's stability. is very, yeah. it's very important to my family. And, and as my parents are getting older too, like I want to make sure I'm like a billionaire yeah. who can, can take care of everyone. So, yeah. you know, yeah. those famous improv uh, comedy billionaires. Billionaires, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, it's like, it's both, it's both like, yes, I grew up in an Asian household with a lot of very hardworking workaholic Asian women, but also being a black woman, like, you know, it's that, uh, and I think you as, as a, you know, non-black POC, like you understand this, like, you don't feel like you can fail. So you're like, no, I got to get this right. Otherwise, you know, all of these, whatever things that come down on you. Yeah, I used to hear this thing about like um if you weren't a white man you had to work harder. <laughs> and I I like honestly I honestly feel it in my in my not in it's funny because now like, now my years and my experience is kind of giving me like the respect I was like kind of always chasing in my career. So now I'm like getting that a little bit more, but I do feel like I have to show up a lot harder than some other people have to show up. And yeah, it's that saying we have to work twice as hard to get half as much. Yeah. Yeah. I do I do feel that in my career. I feel like now maybe all those things that I plant those seeds that I had planted are kind of coming back to reward me. But it, it took a lot of work to get yeah. here. And some people I'm like they just like roll into things and I'm like, wow. Wow. That looks fun. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, it must be nice. It must be nice. It must be nice to just get it on your first try. <laughs> uh, I'm not bitter though. I'm better. <laughs> but that's what I was gonna say. We we don't need to be bitter. I think that one of the things that I've learned very much through improv specifically is that the hard work that we put in actually makes us more versatile more um able to do a lot of things that yeah people who don't have to go through those variations like you know this, what I mean? the art is more interesting to watch i think like even yeah. yesterday i watching the family i watch a, it was such a so dynamic good. and interesting thing to watch because it wasn't like every other like dating show or like fun silly show sorry oh no I'm, shade i, I no shaded shade. the day <laughs> no shade, I shade. Andrea. Okay. this is called happy alone this isn't called happy in a couple this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is, but this that show had such like there were so many dynamic relationships within that one family and i really yeah. identified i come from a very big family too so like yeah. I really identified with that show. And I was like, this is interesting. I'd rather like Netflix should make that a show. Let's call Netflix. It's called Uh, Netflix, Netflix family. Yeah. I, I, I like that show and, and you've watched love. So, you know, and and I don't know if you've watched playlists, but um, a lot of the, the way that I kind of direct show is very specific to like, I want the individual to show up with all their perspectives to play the set. So with family, it's an all black cast, but black is not a monolith. So no. our experiences are very individual, um, but we are a family because we have the collective, the collectivity of being black. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so there is like a very fine 
kind of black experience that we have in the way that we are otherized. But that doesn't mean that we walk around the world every day with the same kind of parallel experiences. And when I directed that show, it was very much like, that's how I wanted the people to show up. And that's how I wanted the cast to show up is with their individuality. And, and then we're set as a family, but that's how family is. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was like one of the most uh, real improv shows I've ever watched. It was very, it was really good to watch. Um, I want to do our seven, I call this seven minutes in he- uh, heaven slash questions in heaven, whatever. Okay, it's it, if we could make out, like I would ask you to, with consent, if we could make out at this point, but instead I'll ask you, <laughs> instead I'll ask you these questions. Right. Okay. So um, how much time a week do you spend alone? Um, oh man, like maybe a full six days, full six Hold days on, without phone calls. Yeah, I'll count. Yeah. Oh, without, without phone calls. Oh, that caps it down to like maybe two days. <laughs> oh, a lot of phone calls then. Hey, I'm in a phone- lot of meetings for yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, and then I see a Jonas and then I talk to Daphne and my best friend and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'll cap that down to two days and two which days. is roughly around the same as when I, we used to be like out and about in the world. So you're still pretty connected in, in things. Yeah. That's good. Okay. How much, uh, so how this is the leads up to this next question. How much has the pandemic changed the way you spend time alone? It hasn't. <laughs> That's it so funny. You've transitioned really well, Coco. <laughs> yes, I have. Um, uh, what's the hardest part about being like alone? Um, not being able to share intimate moments with someone. I yes. think. Yeah, I think that's a nice part of, uh, and I'm assuming you mean like in a couple or or even like in friendships and roommate situations like you share special moments when you're interacting with a person and so that's the part that you don't get to have you don't get to watch tv and create like a like a joke culture out of a show or something like that yeah i totally identify with that um okay the next what's the best part about being alone not having to hear anybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's what mine is like. Nobody telling me what the hell I can do. That's what I. <laughs> yeah, like I think I think that's the thing is like just being able to take up all of the space. Yeah, yeah, it's glorious. Um, uh, what have you discovered about yourself during isolation? Um, I don't know actually. I don't know if I discovered anything I didn't know before. You know what I think it is? It's like, I feel like people finally like, not that we didn't get Coco before, but now I think we, how we see you has changed during isolation. I think we like, we're like, yeah, I think so. I think you're like, we're like, okay, damn, that's Coco. Like you're, you're doing a whole damn thing. You're doing a whole damn thing right. <laughs> with like the bad dog TV and stuff like that. So I think, I don't know. I was, I'm surprised you don't feel like more like empowered in yourself during all of this. Actually, no, you're right. You're right. I would say that like uh top of pandemic was closing the theater was like, meaning when we first shut it down for isolation, March 14th was the first big decision that I made as ad and that was a very empowering decision um not because i'm like oh i got to shut it down yeah (laughs) people will take it anyway and run with it but it was more that like it was the first decision that i was like i need to do this i need to do this now yeah and and i need to do this to be able to protect the community that we exist within. And so, cause I didn't want anybody to get sick. I didn't want any like staff member, anybody, anybody yeah. to get, to get sick. So um, yeah, I would say that was probably the first decision and that, that did empower me. Um, and honestly speaking, like um, the board members like support me. Yeah. And so it's really interesting to be able to be like, I have to make this decision 
you know, cool. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. And, and if yeah. that feels really nice to feel supported uh, in the decisions that you're making um, and, and the team supports me and that feels really, really good because, you know, we're all just trying our best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think you are one of the, you made something good out of all of this and that's hard. So I think you should recognize that in yourself. I will always, <laughs> I'll always scream it at you. Um, <laughs> screaming at you at the street. Um, what's your typical day look like? I'm, this I'm very curious about because you have like a million things going on. So what's a typical day look right. like? So typical day is uh, I wake up. Um, I kind of do stretches. <laughs> I'm really going to walk you through it. I what do time stretches. do you wake up at? I wake up around 7.38. Okay. Uh, and I kind of mosey. And then I have like a mindfulness meditation routine in the morning where I make coffee. And all of that is in silence. So I don't like noise in the morning. I like to ease into noise. Um, yeah, so I have that going. I have a skincare regimen. <laughs> of course, of course. As we both do, yes. <laughs> As we both do. Um, and one of the things is that I like about having the desktop is my mom made, this is her computer, right? So yeah. she made like a screen cover a keyboard cover. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I get to do daily to go to work is uncover it and turn oh, on nice. my computer. Right. So yeah. I kind of like wait for that, you know, whatever. Um, then I check emails. I do like my kind of schedule. Like, what do I need to do today? I also do that the day before. If I have anything urgent then I'm like, no, this needs to be done today. I like tell myself, um, and then, and then it's just uh, meetings. <laughs> just constant meetings. <laughs> just meetings on meetings and meetings and meetings. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and then emails or any kind of task that I have to do. And then I um, decompress, like, you know, eat or whatever. And then I might come back to do a show. So yeah. that those days will be like, it, it, it will dictate what kind of decompression I'm going to do after because it's a lot of kind of like tense work, you yeah. know, cause you're doing schedules and it seems very easy, but it's not, you're doing yeah. schedules, you're dealing with a lot of, you know, cast emails, wording. It's, it's all like out there. And so, um, yeah. So if I know that I have a show or however many shows, then I have to do quick decompress, which is usually a bath. Like yesterday I took a bath before the the two slots and then I put on my makeup and then I do a show. If I'm like off, then it's like, I'll take my time and I'll take my bath before I go to bed. Okay. Yeah. yeah you, you're really, you have long days. Don't you? <laughs> I days. And the last yeah. three, four days, I worked 12 hour days because oh I had my. shows almost every night. Oh my God. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. <laughs> 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 um, the last question, I think you kind of answered it before, but I, I, I am curious, like, so just how do you connect with people? Like when you, you realize like you're spending too much time alone or you're working too much, how do you like reach out? I just text people. Hey, but like, do you know? Like, how do you know? Maybe like, how do you know you need to do that? Like, that you're like, oh, I just need to talk to somebody for a second. Oh, I just kind of, honestly speaking, I based it on my intuition. I kind yeah. of believe in synchronicity. Yeah. I believe like people pop up in your mind when they need to. So I am that person that'll be like, hey, you were on my mind. And that might just be the text. Yeah. Um, but I will also say for people who are close friends with me, they know that I go through long periods of just busyness and yeah. not hearing from me doesn't equate we're not friends. Yeah, it's normal. It's like, yeah, it's normal. Yeah. They're like, oh, that bitch is working. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, okay, so those are my seven minutes. Thank you so much for answering all of my questions. I think there were probably like 50 questions all together in the podcast, but we're working on the format. Um, uh, thank you so much for being uh, a guest of happy alone. I think you're just like one of the, yeah, somebody who should, you should all look up to and how to like really carry yourself with like 
um, yeah, with power and elegance and like, just be great on your own. Um, Coco, would you like to plug anything before we go today? I think I might know what, but tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I always plug Bad Dog Theater. Yeah, Bad Dog Comedy TV. Our second season for 2021 will be back March 11th. And we'll see, we'll bring it back. Theater sports was I know is one of your favorite shows. Yeah, you are in the season. Yeah, um, and uh, we're doing a new show called Between Friends, which is just um, like a like to, a conversation with two improv friends to talk about like how they met and stuff like that. That's um, so cute. Because, uh, we, yeah, it's it's cute. Like we don't think about that. Like we form a lot of lifelong friendships through this yeah. form. So that, that show is about that. I'm very excited for season two. I'm just very excited for all the seasons. I'm very excited that people are getting on board. People are trusting it. I, I love it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to play bagged out, but I'm also going to plug just myself because every other work that I do goes through at Coco Galore. So you can find me on Twitter. You can find me dragging and reading people on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, it's and very Instagram. good. It's very good. Really good gifts. It's just really good. It's really good content. Um, I'm a master reader. You know? <laughs> I I love it's a very entertaining uh, Twitter. Thank you so much, Coco. Um, and everybody, I hope till next time you are happy alone. Thank you. And that's it. That's the final episode of Happy Alone with Andrea Marston. I've had amazing chats with amazing friends who have been so vulnerable and open with me as I explore building a relationship with myself and how other people are doing that with themselves too. We will not stop talking about how awesome it is to build that relationship with yourself in my new podcast, but we're going to have a little bit more fun with it. And we're also going to like explore that things don't always go right. Being an adult is hard. So I would like to introduce you to phase two of this podcast. I'm calling it Unaccompanied Adult. In Unaccompanied Adult, we will be talking to amazing guests still, and we're going to see a little bit more about the ups and downs of being alone and being an adult. It's hard. Stay tuned. In a couple weeks, I'll be starting Unaccompanied Adult. I do hope you listen. Thank you so much.